Welcome to Government Love Bot. The only podcast whose official stance is that nobody wants to dance with a fool who shit his pants. I'm D. I'm Nick. I'm Tyler. Oh, oh. <laughs> it, it worked, it worked. My bad, it I worked, fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. <laughs> we did. We did I'm it. Tyler, that's Nick. You, you. I mean, at this point, they know us, because we're just such ballers, you know? If, they, if they've started on episode fucking... 13 14? or 14. 14, 14, I think, yeah. Then they, they're missing out. Go back in time. Go back in time. <laughs> go back and don't don't just go back and listen to the other episodes. Go back in time. Yeah, don't go too far, though. Like, <laughs> go go back to the to the night around the fire. We decided that we were going to make this podcast and convince us to stop. While we're talking about time travel, you know my favorite time travel joke is um, there's an episode of Family Guy where uh they have to go back in time it's like back to the future and brian is at a bar and he like hits on some lady and his and her boyfriend comes up and he's like you want to fight bro he's like yeah yeah. i want to fight he's like name a time and place and he goes uh how about top of the world trade center september 20 september 11th 2001 and the guy goes all right i'll see you there (laughs) (laughs) it's my it's such a good joke i remember that joke it's so fucked so up. Good. It's so funny. Though. <laughs> it's so messed up, but it's like so funny because like it's like the eighties, so like this dude accepted a fight twenty years. <laughs> like that's the part that blows my mind. <laughs> he he really wanted to square up. He did. He had a big collar, like one of those big popped collars. And he was gonna fight a dog. I thought, you, I, I, I thought you were gonna say he had a big cock. That's I what like, I thought too. <laughs> I mean, he also did, but that wasn't really related to the joke. I, I was just like, "Whoa!" Where, where, where I was like, "How did you know that?" <laughs> he's a good. He's a good friend of mine. Sorry. Hey, speaking of of time shenanigans and big cocks, do you guys want to talk about the Legend of Zelda? <laughs> You know what? I actually <laughs> would love to. Uh, okay. That uh, that was in reference to Ganondorf. It's him who has. Oh, the big... I thought you were referencing um Zelda. She it's might. The legend of. She, legend she, of Big Dick Zelda. Uh, she might. I, I love. I'm Zelda's all right with that. The wild design. It's so cute. I really love her Tears of the Kingdom design, which is yes, yeah, like only slightly different, but enough. It's I love it. But wait, is it the? The, not much has changed with my Tears of the Kingdom knowledge since our uh, last recorded episode, two recorded episodes ago. Uh, I think so. Yes, that sounds right. Um, but I, so I still haven't played. However, my roommate's playing through it, so I've I've gotten more glimpses and uh, hints from it. Are you talking about the uh, Zelda like the start of the game, her outfit, or are you talking about like white dress? Sh- uh, white dress Zelda with all like the Zonai getup. I really like the white dress. Understandable. I, th- I think it looks really nice. I think it looks really good. They did a good job with all the character designs are really good. I like props to them. I love seeing all the the different armors that have made a return in uh, Tears of the Kingdom from Breath of the Wild, but also all the different armors that uh, they've added to the game. More yeah. scheme and fashion uh, kingdom. I that's my I, honestly that has become one of my favorite parts of the game is like getting new pieces of the outfit outfits. Um I I I I, I don't want to like ruin anything for you, but like they make you work for it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think that I, they really do. 
I've seen I've seen some things that confused me initially, but I, I see what they're doing. Yeah, they uh they they heard people say that Breath of the Wild was easy and they said, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I know I know this isn't just a talk about Tears of the Kingdom, but like also I love the enemy variety, not only between like the different monsters of the world that have either been there from Breath of the Wild or been like introduced to the game, but just like the constructs, the seeing the townsfolk willing to fight and all the the variety of enemies and interactions you have is just Yeah, um, as you have probably gathered, there are some, like, I I would say, like, legacy Zelda enemies um, that that they've, like, kind of reintroduced. I won't tell you which ones, but uh, it's it's fucking awesome. I really, (laughs) I really, really like this game. I might be in love with this game, like, honestly understandable it looks like an absolutely fantastic game i i was i was in tyler's chat last night uh that this game was making me cry in the club honestly like it like oh wow all right at Uh, the same time i was crying about beating persona 3 oh did you beat that last night I did. Sorry, sorry, I didn't get to uh come participate. Had D and D and stuff last night. Hey, no problem, man. Do you like D and D? Yo, if anybody thinks I don't love D and D on this podcast, then D&D's they nuts. haven't been listening. Ah, oh, <laughs> he got me. No. Uh. So, anyways, do we want to talk about the Zelda timeline? <laughs> Yeah, I love the Zelda timeline. Let's talk. Okay. That's the thing. Uh, so, do, I'm going to do a quick recap of the order the games go in. And then I would like to get into a discussion about what the fuck is up with this? Okay. Uh, so, the, so the order the games go, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, which makes sense. Uh, then The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. And then The Legend of Zelda Four Swords. And then Ocarina of Time. But at Ocarina of Time, the timeline splits. The first of the timelines is the Downfall timeline or the Hero Defeated timeline. Uh, and then you've got Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, the Oracle Games, A Link Between Worlds, Triforce Heroes, the original Zelda, Adventure of Link. Uh, the next timeline over is the uh, the Hero is Successful and goes back in time to become a child again. Uh, in which case you have Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, uh, Four Swords Adventures, which is different from Four Swords. Uh, which, is a, it, which is weird. Yes, and I will get into why that specifically is a weird thing. Uh, and then you have the, uh, the hero successful, but he stays in an adult timeline. Where you have uh, the Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks. And then for what, for some reason, all of the timelines converge into, uh, it would be Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, and then Breath of the Wild, and then Breath of the Wild 2. Although Age of Calamity, I think we could 
kind of take out because it is sort of if if you haven't played it, it is like sort of it's like a, an alternate. It's technically an yeah alternate timeline, right? Yeah, it, it's like also before you go on, I'm very sorry for interrupting. Um, my apologies to any listeners who just heard what sounded like an air raid siren going off in the town in which D and I live in at times like nine and noon. Uh, that is the that is the bell toll of the the time in our town. So I, I heard it through I heard it through D's audio and I could hear it through my window. So oh, no. I figured I would uh I would I would apologize. We actually live in World War Two times. We're recording from the past. <laughs> We're we're ducking under timeline shenanigans. Right <laughs> exactly, we're going back in time to talk about a timeline. This is honestly, this is honestly really perfect. So I have a timeline question because I've been thinking about this because I watched this video on it with my friends. Right. <clears throat> so, as you said, the the timeline splits into the child era where he goes back in time and is a child, and then the adult era. In, is the adult era where he stays an adult, or is it like one of those things where it's like when he gets sent back in time, it basically makes a parallel universe. So now the adult verse is basically, there's no link in that universe anymore because he went back as a child. It, it's basically, he didn't go back at all. for So some reason that, that timeline split is just either he was sent back in time as a child and that world lost the spirit of the hero because... He's not a part of it anymore, or he remained as an adult and just kind of chilled. Yeah, I just wonder about that. The reason why I question that, like why I was curious about that, is because that's immediately the arrow without a hero. So, like, if he stayed an adult, where'd he go? Did he well, just no, die? The, the the adult era is the the one without a. Oh wait, that actually is the Wind Waker one. I don't know. Wait. So, okay. Wait, looking at the timeline, that is really confusing because I thought it was always the Wind Waker was like, I thought the yeah. uh, Wind Waker Phantom Hourglass timeline was the one where was the child timeline where he left the world or he had died, but it's the one where he's alive and he's stayed in yeah. the world. Yeah. So how the video I was watching explained it is kind of like, have you ever seen Back to the Future? And like how they so they how they explain it in Back to the Future is like. Um, like the timelines converge, right? So like there's an offshoot timeline. Now there's like, basically what happens is he, he goes into the future and as an adult saves the world, but then he goes back in time to a, a child. And when he goes back in time as a child, they already know everything bad's going to happen. They seal Ganon, they get rid like they execute Ganon and do all that stuff. And because of that, the child timeline is now different from that timeline that Link had been living in as an adult. So now there's two timelines going. Wait, Dee, you might you might have to confirm. Uh, is it? And I might might have to look up more as well. But uh, isn't isn't the adult era actually just the era that Link left behind? It's not one where he stayed. It's the the time where Link was an adult yeah. and should have been. So the reason that's why what I they, was thinking. So okay, I think I think I I think I think I get it because it's in, instead of either. Link went back and he's a child, or he stayed and he's adult. He's an adult in that world, but they sent him back. So the spirit of the hero is gone. Um, back in the child era, it's called the child era because he went back to being a kid. It's still called the adult era just because that's like, that was the era, that was the time he should have remained in. Yeah, so I, 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 
so if I'm remembering correctly, at the end of Ocarina of Time, Zelda is like, uh, you should really, like, have your childhood. We're gonna send you back. But I do, I, I believe it's, it's a matter of, like, he was supposed to stay in the adult timeline. And then they send him back. Uh, if you look at the child. Yeah, it does fucking the whole timeline up. Yeah, the, thus removing, uh, not only adult Link, but the spirit of the hero from that world. Yes. Which is why the world gets so fucked up that they have to flood it. I.e. Yeah. Wind Waker. Yeah. Well, even, bo- like, uh, I'm pretty sure, well, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Well, alright, so, so what happens is that, uh, in Ocarina of Time, uh, is in the adult timeline, Ganon gets sealed. And then he is revived, uh, and uh, they don't have a hero, so the people of Hyrule pray to the gods for a flood to take out Ganondorf. Isn't it? Isn't it like the the uh, king of Hyrule just grabs the Triforce and wishes for it to flood, or some shit like that? I mean, it's probably it's essentially the same thing. But... Well, that all right. So spoilers for the Wind Waker. It came out like like two decades ago or something like that. Uh, that's the end of the game. That's that's what happens at the end of the game, is that the the, the world is going to unflood, and uh, the king grabs the Triforce and wishes for it to stay flooded. Okay, okay. I get uh, you. And then, and then... Go ahead. Then spirit tracks where they just find new land for Hyrule instead of the old Hyrule. Yeah, I, I would... I would assume that uh, the world is like uh, unflooding a little bit. Maybe the the gods are letting a little bit of water out of the bathtub, and they're like, "Oh, look, <laughs> there's some land over here." Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I that's the only thing I can think of because if the whole world is flooded, how is there more land? But I don't know, unless it's because you, know, you never mind. Anyways, no, I I can't like. I, I get the confusion, but I also kind of get it. It's one of those weird things where, like, it seems like a, a big thing with fantasy worlds is that most fantasy worlds are actually just one continent of it, but even though they have magic and everything, they don't know about the other continents, so they're like, this is the world of Hyrule, but really it's just uh, the continent of Hyrule. So they kind of sailed off, found some other place that was high elevation definitely smaller than what it was and kind of started settling there. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, that... Yeah, I I think that that's, like, the best way to, to look at it, like, to be like, oh, this is Hyrule. There's other places, too, but we don't know about them. You know what I mean? We, yeah, because we do get hints about it, and there is a, a Zelda game where they actually go to a, um, like, uh, technically like a different continent like it seems like a different place i think it's actually the first one or the second one isn't uh, termina technically a different place <clears throat> termina is actually just a whole different world yeah that's like a like a pocket universe kind of sort of yeah well you see link is, is that... actually dead i watched a game theory about it <laughs> <laughs> I, I know mean, the game theory the isn't true but it's so interesting it's you know, still neat you know i again like you know, you and MatPat have beef. Uh, one of my favorite YouTubers ever, Peanut Butter Gamer, like, uh, he's on that episode, 
and I respect mm-hmm. everything that he's ever said. So, yeah, Matt Pat, on the other hand, I'm I'm <laughs> the, 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 t- the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking, Matt. The next crater crash is just around the corner. Would you guys even be like, in this... like this the same like category for that? I I don't. <laughs> How tall is Matt Pat? Uh, tall enough to get his ass kicked. <laughs> okay, anyways, back to the Zelda timeline. <laughs> uh, so, alright. Let's talk about Four Swords really quick. Because this frustrates the shit out of me. So you've got, uh, the, you know, Four Swords, and then you've got Four Swords Adventures. Uh, it's heavily implied that it's the same hero, but they it can't be. Like, it literally can't be. They're in two very different places in the timeline. How do they square that? Um. It, could it be, like, theoretically, like, a descendant of some descript? That, well, I mean, yeah, I guess. Honestly, that would like, probably be my like guess. Like, a direct or descendant? Some, or Sorry, somebody who fully me. just embodies the Minish hero, or the, the Four Swords hero. Like, even more so than just being the, uh, like, spirit of the heroes. Sort of how, like, the, uh, the Twilight Princess hero is descended in the direct, like, uh, the most direct su- successor of the hero of time. Yeah, I mean... Okay, that's another thing that gets me, though. Is that, like, Twilight Princess is in... Like, the child timeline. Yeah, he's still... Still, in theory, he'd be the hero of time, even though he went back and as a child. Okay. He'd still have a lot of, like, skills. Yeah, because they... Because they know what he did, because that's why they decide to execute Ganon. Because they execute him in Twilight Princess, don't they? Yes. Yeah, they they, well... they get the full-on jump on him, <laughs> yeah, the... instead of Ganondorf fighting a war and being sealed, or, like, winning a war. They just straight yeah, the up prince grab of... him and it's like, get got, yeah. bitch. Yeah, the Prince of Thieves Ganondorf is executed. That's what yes. it says on the timeline. Are you looking at the same one I'm looking at? Yeah, it says under, I'm like, Majora's Mask that at the same time, the Prince of Thieves. Um, yeah, I, I, so, but, like, okay, so, but, alright, so, 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 so the spirit of the hero that teaches you fight moves in Twilight Princess is clearly an adult who says he was, like, like part of, like, the Royal Guard or whatever. But in the child timeline, Link goes to Termina. So, so here's what here's what I think, right? So, like, theoretically, that could still be Link. Like, that could still be... Because, like, even if Ocarina of Time Link, like, even if Ocarina of Time Link did come back and is a child, he still would have the memories of what he did as an adult. So he still technically would be the hero who was on, like, the Royal Guard and all that. Um, and he still could theoretically become a Stalfos or whatever. And, and, and he, the, his, uh, little tryst in, uh, Termina, I, I believe he does return from that at the end of Majora's Mask, right? Yeah, he I, does, and he ends up only... in the Lost Woods, where... He ends up in the Lost Woods. And remember, the rule is if you die in the Lost Woods, you become a Stalfos. But he's like, that's an adult skeleton. I mean, yeah, but, like, we don't know the rules of how Stalfos... Have you ever seen a baby Stalfos? 
No, but that raises more for questions. All, for all we know, Link could have never got, emerged from the Lost Woods. Lost I mean, Wars, you're, whatever. You're, you're correct. That's, I'm just saying fair. that it, it feels like there's a big gap here. You know well, what I, I mean? I feel like that's because there is. Like, the idea for the hero timeline of Hero of Time was to just kind of go and live his life. So after seeing him rescue Termina and he exits, we don't know exactly what he did because we saw his two adventures. He could have gone on and become Castle of the Dark for saving the kingdom with uh, Ganon. He could have gone continued to learn and grow and attain that armor that he's wearing when we see him in Twilight Princess. It's just something that we don't know because it's not necessarily a part of his adventure. It's just the dude living. He's just one of the few links that was like, all right, I'm just going to live happily. I don't got to restore a kingdom. I don't have to continue fighting against Ganon or clearing up uh, the uh, Giga or anything like that. I'm just going to vibe, man. I've, I've saved two worlds, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we don't know how much time it ha- there is between Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess. For all we know, Link had enough time to basically just live a full life, become an adult as a royal guard. And at some point, just die in battle, or maybe even of old age. For all we know, we don't know how much time passes. And all I'm it saying is confirmed that Twilight, the Twilight hero, is a descendant of the hero of time. So we do kind of know that he's gone on to be an adult. And fuck. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is, have kids. Is is that I want fuck. a game where Link does like goes grocery shopping and does laundry <laughs> and like gets set and like I settles down say and Link fucks. <laughs> where Link fucks. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a game where Link fucks. Yes. We need a Ironically, game Ironically, where... the page where uh, my timeline is, at the very bottom, it says 69. It must be page 69. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Link 69s. I mean, like, alright, so in Tears of the Kingdom, he's in his 20s. It's old enough to fuck. It's, it's old enough to fuck. He probably does. Him and Zelda had a house. You know... A house in Hatano. You know... I was thinking about that. I don't want to like give away too much. I was thinking like, are they like confirming something here? This is by far the most romantically involved the hero and the princess has been, I believe. Because even Listen, in, like Zelda's the, a baddie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like in ev- almost every version of Zelda, she becomes some some form of sheik, or she's just a badass as Zelda herself. Like, no, she I mean, becomes that's... Tetra and Wind Waker, and then she, like, she, Zelda's even a bad Twilight, Even one of the most princess-like Twilight Princess uh, Zelda is just pure badassery. Yeah, she was badass enough to get herself in a brawl. That's true. That is true, yeah. Weakest Zelda is the, <laughs> is the Ocarina of Time Zelda. The child one? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid um, fucking I guess kid. that's not true either, because she has the Ocarina of Time when Link does it. That is true. Damn. Tough. Uh. So, alright. Here's my next... Here's here's my next point of, of interest on the timeline. What the fuck is Triforce Heroes doing here? Hyrule Warriors isn't here. Why is Triforce Heroes here? Where's oh. Triforce Heroes? I don't have that on my list. Where is it? Me either. You don't I have, have it? Sword. It Am goes I... from Twilight Princess to Four Swords on mine, but mine might be older. Oh, oh, you know what? I've got, I've got the, um, the, I, I've got a non-canon technically timeline in front of me. 
I was about to say, honestly, I don't even have Triforce Triforce Heroes here. Yeah, I don't so see it in mine that, either. Okay. That might be a thing where it wasn't at, added in. Until- I will admit, though, I was looking at the timeline that I have, because I'm pretty sure this is like the Hyrule Historia timeline, like the original one. Um, And in the Heroes yeah. Defeated timeline, under each game it says, Ganon is revived. Ganon is revived. Ganon is revived. <laughs> and then the one at the very yeah. bottom says, Ganon's revival prevented. <laughs> <laughs> they finally figured it out. <laughs> Man, that the link in that that uh that series had a tough time. You straight up ganked. Ganondorf in that time was just kicking ass. I mean, to be fair, that timeline's link also had this like weird drug trip adventure that was Link's Awakening. So, because <laughs> that whole thing was basically a fucking dream. Like, it, yeah, it was yeah, a he, dream. he legit just went off sailing and then fell asleep on <laughs> island. Bro really had a whole adventure on the Zaza. (laughs) 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 Legend of Zelda Link's Zaza. Okay, really quick, while we're on the topic of Link's Awakening, I just want to say very quickly. uh, If you have not played Link's Awakening, one, play it. Two, play the remake, the remaster, whatever you want to call it. It's so fucking good. I fucking love that game. Agreed. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. You haven't played it? Play it. It's good. Legend of Zelda Link's Zaza. I'll keep this in mind. Legend of Zelda Link's Zaza. Link's Zaza. <laughs> also, uh, speaking of Zelda games, I want to play Spirit Tracks still. I gotta I... know how the train one is. Also, want to play Spirit Tracks. Um, Spirit Tracks is pretty good. Yeah, that's. I know I, people that's... like to make fun of it because it's the train one, but I think the train looks adorable. Not gonna lie, Spirit Tracks was one of my. I think it was my second time ever playing a Legend of Zelda game. Um, so I enjoyed my time with it, but I thoroughly enjoy Link to the Past for that kind of top-down, more 2D uh, Legend of Zelda. Mm. Or just the kind of top-down. Link to the Past slaps, man. Uh, I love putting a good top-down. So Link Between Worlds on this? Mine doesn't have it, so I don't know where it would be. Okay, so that's a newer game. That's that is why I. That's one of the reasons why I had clicked on this timeline, uh, is because it had the newer games on it, and the Hyrule Historia one doesn't, because it the uh, a link between uh, a link between worlds comes out after the Hyrule Historia came out after the Hyrule uh, Historia. I'm seeing if I can find one that gives me the same. I can send you this one if you want. Yeah, that would honestly be awesome because that's that's throwing me off a little bit. I see this unofficial <laughs> one you're looking at, and I see where like Link Between Worlds and Triforce Heroes both slot in, um, in the Heroes Defeated timeline. What the fuck is this little offshoot? Is this? Am I looking at the same one? Tingle gets the Triforce. What is this fucking offshoot? <laughs> Wait, hang on. Let me. I don't know if you're looking at the same one, but (laughs) yeah, there's this like little (laughs) section under Phantom Hourglass that branches off into a tiny timeline called Tingle Gets the Triforce, and it has the games Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love, Radical Zelda, and then the Zelda CGI trilogy. I do not have that, but I fucking love that. Holy shit! What the fuck? Yeah, they just stuff all the weird Zelda games into a thing, and it says the A era of Tingle and then the era of Chaos. 
The era of Tingle. <laughs> the era. That's too much. That's too much. Uh, okay. All right. All right. So, so really quick, I, I want to get to like my main gripe with the uh, the timeline here. Uh, why does everything hinge on Ocarina of Time? Because it's the most it's, famous Zelda game. I get it's that. Whether time, or not you agree with that, one. and it wasn't. It it actually seems like it was intended. It's the only one that they fuck around with time. No, that happens in Skyward Sword too. Okay, but they, and it's also literally called Ocarina of Time. Also, that but happens Ocarina in other did ones it first. Also, but Ocarina time did it first. But like, I, I don't know. It's just like if if there's a timeline for every time Link doesn't do a good job, shouldn't there be like forty two different timelines? I get Maybe that. It's... I get what you're saying with the heroes defeated timeline. Like honestly, that one. I think they just slapped all the games that they didn't fully, fully figure out, like, how they wanted it to slot into their timeline shenanigans. Exactly. I got it. I got it. I got a game theory. Matt Pat, fuck. prepare prepare for my game theory here. Matt Pat. Okay, so, if you watch, uh, if you watch, like, a lot of, especially recently, a lot of multiverse media, for instance, Loki, I'm about to spoil Loki, just so everybody knows, like, Sorry, who cares? Not, I don't think anybody is a huge MCU. But either way, so Loki basically <laughs> explains that there's one timeline that's the main timeline. And anytime you do anything that deviates from the timeline, it creates a branch. And that branch um, is a bad thing. And at some point, it basically just kind of dies off. So like these branches are bad things because they affect the main timeline. So Zelda has a main timeline, right? So then the main timeline happens... And Link hits Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time Link basically creates a branch by going into the future and stopping Ganon in the adult timeline. And then they create... And then they send him back as a child to the main timeline, which will be the child timeline, the child era. Um, And because of that, it basically creates kind of like a nexus event where it splinters the timeline there. So because he basically because he basically allowed a branch to exist and survive, um, it basically kind of like created like this sort of like big nexus event. And that's why the whole thing splinters there and why it eventually converges back later, because it's not supposed to split. But because Ocarina of Time Link was fucking around with time so heavily and they were like sending people back and forth, back and forth. It basically just caused it everything to splinter into like several different universes, including one where Link just straight up loses. Honestly, that makes ridiculous amount of sense to me. It does kind of make sense. If the and like out of all of them, like not even going that deep because Tyler just fucking hit a home run right there. Everybody, take a moment. Actually, it's that like a it's like a rope. It's like it's like a rope where like in the middle some of the threads come loose and it like gets frayed in the middle, but it comes back together into a tight rope at the end. Like that. But like, for me, it just made sense because like, it is the most time heavy game where kind of like what Tyler was saying is just like, he went to the future. He, he did the thing. And then he went back to the past to live his life as a kid. So to, and, intentionally to leave those two whole worlds and times as as they were 
and it's not like he just went back to the past to live his life as a kid. He went back to the past, disrupted what he was doing originally, and let that whole thing persist. I didn't really, yeah. like, I didn't go too deep for the whole hero is defeated. I was a bit confused, but holy shit. Yeah, because he, because Link also, like, if I remember correctly, in Ocarina of Time, you could just go back and forth between the past and the future a whole bunch. Yep, so yep, Link that's actually basically like has gameplay mechanic. Yeah, so Link has knowledge of the future, and like every single thing he does, further frays the main timeline, and basically just keeps like fraying it and fraying it and fraying it to the point where when he finally does the big thing, which is defeat Ganon, seal Ganon, and then get sent permanently back in time to like to the the child timeline, it basically just fractures it into three. I'm picking up what's being put down here. Uh, I I I think Tyler just solved the timeline. And it, like, you're not even a Zelda fan. Yes, I, I, I mean I like Zelda enough, but I'm not like a massive fan of it. No. Eat your heart out, Matt. I'm coming for you. The year's ticking down. <laughs> so something I did want to talk about when I when I heard that we were going with the Legend of Zelda timeline, and I know we've discussed about somewhat heat more heatedly but want to have a uh, more chill one here is that uh the the timeline things and where they're putting all the games just looking at it feels intentional but it's also been confirmed like as far back as shortly after ocarina of time that like they wanted to do timeline things i don't remember the exact quote i had heard about in a youtube video that i don't remember the name of or the youtuber my apologies but he was talking about the different quotes of like Eiji Aonuma and the uh, different people heading Legend of Zelda talking about the like different placements in the timeline weird I uh yeah I mean like I don't know I, 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 I don't love the Zelda timeline I'll be honest with you but the, I mean the the way we just the way we just covered this, I, I it it does it does kind of work for me in a weird way now. <laughs> so Fucking proud of myself. Time, time, <laughs> I think I saved the Zelda timeline. <laughs> I think I saved the Zelda timeline. Tyler I saved it saved... from crucifixion on this podcast. Holy <laughs> shit, he did it! I t- I'm the hero of time. I prevented the execution. Now, like when you said that that like that uh, that rope metaphor, I, I, looking at the timeline, I was like, "Holy shit, that's it!" Yeah, because I was thinking that like I was thinking about the sacred timeline, which is like the main timeline that they explain about in, like Loki, and I was like, "Huh, I wonder if like did the same concept applies?" Because it's almost like it's less of a timeline as much as it is a multiverse. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't split like a timeline, it splits like a multiverse. It's just, it, it, it is, it's in timeline order. Yeah, uh, alright, so everything converges in, in Breath of the Wild, right? All the timelines end up lining back up. And things that have happened in all three timelines are brought up. So, so these events had to have taken place in the same timeline as Breath of the Wild, despite taking place in three different timelines. How do we square this? I got another theory. Okay. 
Okay, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna spoil across the Spider Verse because this happens in Into the Spider Verse. So just so you know, the Spider Verse thing I'm about to talk about is is not a spoiler for the current movie out. Okay, but in Into the Spider Verse, if you remember, like things from other universes would fly into one universe mm-hmm. because there was like multiversal stuff going on. So it's kind of like that. So basically. Because of something, and I don't know exactly what happens in Breath of the Wild, but because of something in Breath of the Wild, it combine all the timelines finally are so frayed that they become weak enough that they just kind of all clash together. So they, it hits a point in time, basically, where all of like re, like all of the realities just kind of mesh into one. So for instance, say I was John Smith, and I exist in all the timelines. I die in the in the Heroes Defeated timeline. I'm a carpenter in the Majora's Mask one, and I become like a knight in the in the adult timeline, right? When it hits Breath of the Wild, all of my John Smiths fuse into one. All of my like memories fuse into one. And I just become the one John Smith. But now I have the memories and the like recollection of all of those histories. Because all the versions of me have converged into this one point. All the versions of all the characters and all their histories have just kind of, like, meshed together. Okay, wait, doesn't, wasn't it already kind of, like, I feel like it already kind of makes sense how Tyler explained it before with the, like, the rope. How it just frayed in the middle, but it comes back into itself. So while they are... While they are different, like, it's just kind of the, like, not, like, flow of all of these things may have just, like, happened at a point in time, separate from each other, but it is all at this, like, big thing nailed home Breath of the Wild is that everything before, uh, even the 10,000 years uh, prior event that kickstarted, like, the whole Calamity stuff or whatever, is just so far in the past, past that is known as the Age of Myth. So it's like, I feel like it just kind of flowed together, and while we don't even, the the world or, like, the people of Hyrule don't really have the, the actual histories, it's just kind of like whispers of, of the Hero of Time, of the Hero of Twilight, of the Hero of Winds, or uh, Link to the Past, because I don't know moniker i don't know that one (laughs) it's that one i i feel like it's just due to an ever stretching length of time between events it allowed the world to sort of heal from the clash of the three triforce wielders uh i can't i I mean i guess yeah like I, i i i know what you're saying and I understand and I respect it. But it just, to me, like, it does turn my brain into a soft, sticky goo a little bit. That you can be like, okay, well, the Hero of Wind and the Hero of Twilight and uh, the 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 Hero of the Oracles all existed when this just straight up says no. They didn't all exist in this, because they would be existing like almost roughly in the same place at the same time, and in a way, 
in a way, they kind of did. Because at the end of the day, it's just three different paths to the same end point. So it could there could very well be people in the world who are descendants of people from the child timeline who told them stories of Majora's Mask and all that stuff. And then others are descendants of people in the adult timeline. Because at the end of the day, they all slowly merged into one. So there's so people get told radically different stories. And the thing is, is all of them are true because all of them are still the story of this world. It's just different frayed paths of it. He explains it so much more succinctly than me. Um, another <laughs> random theory. Uh, maybe something that like, I don't know. I'm trying to avoid like story stuff for Tears of the Kingdom. I've been mainly like sitting and chilling with my roommate watching like gameplay and stuff. But uh, I know there's uh, timeline and time shenanigans that are happening in Tears of the Kingdom. That was like a major thing that was theorized by by the fan base and very early on confirmed, like in the games being released. Um, but like maybe the the shit they're doing bouncing around, even though it's not directly related to the adventure of Link, Four Swords, or Spirit Tracks, or the other timelines, maybe for some reason it like helps amend it or helps the process along because they're they're jumping like distant distant past like even if all the events at that point in time are still like the land of myth just maybe jumping back and forth but having a more how do you describe it so 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 you're, what you're you're what you're saying is the time shenanigans in tears of the kingdom the you know like Say, let's say somebody goes back in time and ends up possibly in each of these timelines at different points somehow and, like, kind of sews them back together. Yeah, because it seems like, like, maybe, maybe it's just like the, since the hero of time, as much as we love him, just absolutely disrespected the natural order of time. And as Tyler explained, is it caused the fracture. What if in Tears of the Kingdom, it's a lot more, even if they're doing these big jumps and, and doing things, it's a lot more careful or within the histories of the world. So, like, I don't know how much I I can, like, talk about it without it being spoilers, because I know I've definitely been slightly spoiled, but I've been doing my best, but I don't want to do the same discourtesy to other people. But do you get what I mean, Lo? Like, yeah. Played... Okay, so I'll say that I'm probably maybe like two thirds of the way done with the game. Um, I've been power gaming. I've been putting in hours. That's uh, understandable. It looks good. It's real good. Uh, and hmm. I don't. All right. I'm not gonna say. It's totally like a like a like a bad idea, uh. But I don't know, I don't know. And you're you when you play the game, you'll have moments where you'll go, "But this doesn't make sense." But that doesn't make sense. But this doesn't make sense. But how could that be? Because this happens, and that would imply that this happened and this <laughs> didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. And honestly, I I feel like I may be able to better talk about it in different context later later on in this episode because it'll it'll help me it'll help having different things that like kind of mimic 
what I'm thinking is happening in Tears of the Kingdom with their timeline shenanigans. Alright. Uh, so. with, with that being said, I, I think maybe we, we, we yield our timeline <laughs> to, uh, to Tyler here. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> wild stuff. Um, so, I want to talk about something that's going to sound like it's the most radically different thing in the world, but uh, it also is divided into different eras. Uh, so, Law and Order Criminal <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, there's the, uh, it's got Link in it. No, <laughs> it He's doesn't there. actually. Trust. But it is divided. It is divided into eras. Because you see, I'm a big fan of Law and Order Criminal Intent. But what I am not a big fan of is the last time I talked about it. Because I feel like I did not do the show justice. I also had not seen a lot of the show. And let me tell you, I hadn't gotten to the damn good part yet. And I, I, I've, I've finished the show. I've watched all 10 seasons. Uh, I'm currently watching House, which is radically different. Um, so I had some time to reflect on criminal intent. And, uh, I was trying to think about how I could talk about it. Cause, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about. It's a pretty big show. It's 10 seasons. So I broke it down into five eras of the show. And I'm going to talk about the characters, strengths, and weaknesses. I'm not going to, I won't go too in depth unless I think it really deserves it. Cause, cause there's, a, there's quite a bit to cover here. So I'm going to jump right into it. Already. Already. Let's go. All right. First, we enter Skyward Sword. No, I'm just kidding. Class, the, the first we enter the classic age, right? And this is season one, episode one, titled one to season four, episode 12, entitled collected. So, what this is, is this is the original run of the show. Like This is the closest thing to the original run of the show. And it has a, a cast of four, right? So it is Captain Deacons, ADA Car- uh, uh, District Attorney Carter, Gorin, and Eames. Gorin and Eames are important, so I'll get to them in a minute. But first, I'm going to cover Deacons uh, and Carter. So Deacons is a, uh, he is the captain. So he's like the boss. And he's not very interesting. Um, he's just kind of, uh, he's just kind of the bro kind of guy where he's just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the captain and I'm on your side kind of thing. He's not very interesting, but he's also not very prevalent because the episodes are very much focused on Gorn and Eames. Um, there's not too much interesting about him, but he does usher in the next age. So I will talk about that in a little bit. Um, ADA Carter is just, uh, he's just kind of a generic dude. Um, he's got kind of an attitude and he, uh, he's all about like go- doing things by the book, which is pretty normal for some characters, uh, because they clash with Gorn and Eames who definitely do things by their own, beat of their own drum. So now the two main characters, Alexandria Eames and Robert Gordon. Alexandria Eames is a, uh, very, literally like a very standard police detective even Gorin like describes her as being by the book and kind of reigning uh reigning him in um she is the wife of a police officer who died um and then she became a detective and joined major major case squad she has a lot of faith in Gorin because she's seen how much of his method how much his methods work to actually catch 
uh, killers and, and, you know, heist people who like commit heists and stuff like that. Um, and she is the main partner for the majority. She is the main partner and she is basically, uh, connect. She's the connective tissue of the major case squad of, uh, criminal intent, which is, you know, obviously they handled major cases that are like murders or heists that are uh, high profile. So like high profile people who die, et cetera, et cetera. So would they, so would they be going after like the oceans people? Would, would that be like their, their jurisdiction or does the yes. heist have to be bigger? The oceans people, uh, no, like the oceans people. Yeah. Okay. Any, because they're like the major case squad is a real thing and they handle like any heist over like $10,000, I think, or something like that. That's way um, lower than I thought it was going to be. I don't know if that's the exact number, but it's it's something like that, right? Um, but Alexandria Eames, she's the connective tissue. You're going to see that she kind of webs together several different characters uh, that don't normally web together. So um, then we get to Robert Gorin, who I I want... I, I have a shrine in my room built to this man. I don't actually... I don't actually yet... Um, Robert Gorin is one of my favorite television characters of all time. He is, um, he has this interesting, like strange way of thinking about things. He's played by Vincent D'Onofrio. So he is like a six foot tall, giant man. He is fucking huge. He dwarfs like almost everybody in the show. And yet he never once, and this is a little bit of a spoiler for you. He never fires his gun through all 10 seasons of the show. Damn. He never fires his gun. Olivia Benson on SVU, for instance, has killed multiple people. <laughs> um, he never fired his gun once. Because what Goran does is Goran just outthinks everybody. He has this very interesting way of thinking. He has this really in-depth knowledge of like intricate details about you know how people act he can tell when you're lying he understands like psychological techniques and he can like uh like talk around people like there's this one therapist he's talking to at one point in the, in the story and he starts describing therapeutic methods like he's like oh you're gonna try to get to know me and you're gonna try to get on my like try to talk to me in like an empathetic level and, and so like he has this really in-depth understanding of this very calculated way of thinking but he's also incredibly emotional if you hit Goran where it hurts enough he starts to kind of like he starts to get kind of really aggressive and really obsessive over things and you see this during the classic era when he first meets Nicole Wallace who I mentioned the first time and I talked about the whole Nicole Wallacing people shit uh, but Nicole Wallace is the first person who gives Goran a run for his money uh, she talks about Goran's schizophrenic mother, who is very important to later uh, seasons. Um, and she just keeps escaping his grasp. She's the one criminal he can't catch. And they have this back and forth battle. And she's the first person to really kind of unravel Goran. And it's pretty much the only time it happens until much later in the show. But um, it kind of shows you that Goran, when put under... Met, like when the stress starts to get mount up, Goran starts to get a little bit more emotional, a little more aggressive. Um, and he's very scary when he's aggressive because he's a very big man. 
Um, and Vincent D'Onofrio is very scary. <laughs> He's a very, very scary no, man. For reference, um, uh, Mr. D'Onofrio. He also played Private Pyle in Full Metal Jacket, correct? Yep, and Wilson Fisk, <laughs> a.k.a. Kingpin say, in the Daredevil show. Yeah. So if so 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 picture those people in your mind as a detective. Yeah. Okay. Just just clarifying exactly. for, for the listeners at home. And one little <laughs> thing I like about Gorin uh is he always has a little leather binder with him. Keeps all his stuff in it. He just always has this leather leather binder in him uh with him. Um and there's this really there's one really good scene where he tries to pin a dude up against the wall, so he throws the binder at him. The guy catches the binder. And then, and then Goran puts his hand on the binder and just pushes this dude up against the wall. It's just so, it's so smooth. I love it. Um, but yeah, Goran's got his little classic binder and he just, you know, he outthinks everybody, does things very unby the book, very unby the book. Um, and, uh, uh, and one notable thing that happens later is it's revealed that at first, uh, Eames wanted to a different partner. Because she thought Goran was uh, too weird and like didn't do things the right way, but she came around to him over time before the series started uh, because she saw that his methods worked. So that's kind of the deal with the classic age. The classic age, there's not really anything exciting happening because um, it, it's very basic Law and Order. Every episode's a new case, and each case is different in some way. Goran figures it out, except for like the episode with like Nicole Wallace in it, um, which is a very good one. The first one that you, uh, the first time you meet her. And I believe the second time you meet her is also in this string of episodes. Um, so it's very interesting stuff, but it's all very disconnected, very basic law and order. And that's when we enter the awkward growth era, which is season four, episode 13 stress position to season five, episode 22, the good. So this is the era where they introduce Mike Logan. Now, I'd like to just state this, that the Government Love Bot podcast does not like Mike Logan's actor, Chris Noth. Chris North, Chris Noth, whatever his name is. Because it turns out he's a real life piece of shit. Like a lot of like Me Too charges against this dude. Oh. He's an actual piece of shit. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, he's a he's a complete scumbag. So I just want to know. And apparently he did some of it on the set of Criminal Intent. So we do not condone that. He is a piece of fucking garbage as a human being. Right. But we're gonna scale that back a little bit here, and we're gonna and we're gonna talk about his character, Mike Logan, because the character is interesting, and I like the character. The actor's a piece of shit, but I like the character. So Mike Logan is actually a legacy character in Law and Order. He was the partner of Lenny Briscoe, one of the most famous Law and Order detectives, in the original Law and Order. He gets fired from his job from the homicide uh, unit in Law and Order after he punches a politician who gets away with murder in one of the episodes. He punches him, gets fired. He gets exiled to Staten Island to be a uniformed police officer on Staten Island. Which is like, he literally gets exiled. You want to know how I know that? Because he's the star of Law and Order the movie, Exiled. In which he tries to solve a case to basically um, uh, up his reputation back again. Uh, and yes, there is a Law and Order movie. And no, I have no idea how to watch it. It's like scrubbed from everywhere. I, I can't find it. I was it. just going to say, there's <laughs> a Law and Order movie? What the fuck? It is. Uh, as far as I'm aware, it's just a big episode. Like, it's just a bigger episode. 
Um, but it's about him solving a crime on Staten Island. But basically, he's good buddies with Deacons. If you remember, the guy who I said ushers in the next era. So Deacons says, all right, I want you back. Like, we're, I want, I'm going to put in a good word because I've been such a good, good little captain boy. I'm going to bring you in to Major K Squad. And he's like, all right, cool. So he brings him into Major K Squad. And this is where the main form the show's going to take begins to form, where the episodes alternate. One episode will be Gorn and Eames solve a case. The next episode will be Mike Logan and his partner solve a case. They alternate. The captain will always appear in all of them, but the detectives will alternate. And this is called the awkward growth period because Mike Logan gets his first partner and she sucks. Her name is Barrick and she's a generic piece of wood and has no character whatsoever. That's really all I can say about her. She's so boring. And those episodes are so rough because Mike Logan is interesting because he's a very aggressive cop with a reputation. In one of his first episodes, he breaks a pool stick in half and threatens to beat the shit out of a dude. He's a very, he's a very scary man on purpose this time. Um, and he's a very aggressive, snarky kind of cop. But Barrick, his partner, isn't very interesting. They don't have chemistry. She doesn't have much of a character. So they just don't click. Just uh, kind of makes those episodes kind of rough around the edges. In this awkward growth era, ADA Carver disappears. And when I say disappears, I mean Thanos snapped out of fucking existence. He literally disappears one episode, never returns again. This is a trend I will complain about later. But just know that in this case, it's a good thing because it means there is never going to be a courtroom episode ever again. Hey. And courtroom episodes are the worst Law & Order episodes. So we've already hit a good thing. So, now... The Awkward Growth Era goes through. At the end of the Awkward Growth Era, something happens that I can't remember off the top of my head, and Deacons has to retire. He's forced to retire. And he goes, I, homie, I'll do it. And he has one final episode where he actually participates in the case, which normally he doesn't do. Normally he just sits in this captain's chair in the, the squad room and kind of gives orders. But he actually goes out onto the field. He carries a shotgun at one point, which is really rare in Law & Order. You rarely see them carry a shotgun. It's very, very interesting. Um... Hang on one second. Let me just pull up my notes here. Your uh, criminal intent timeline? Yes, exactly. So, um, so Deacons is out, right? He, he's out. He's gone. Well, it turns out Barrick is also gone. Uh, Mike Logan's partner. Boom, gone. So those two characters up and vanished. Well, Deacons kind of gets a, he gets a goodbye, which is very rare. Uh, he gets like he looks at like the empty squad room and he says goodbye and he walks out. It's very emotional. It's very sad. Uh, if you give a shit about him, I really didn't. So, um, so, so he gets like you saying he gets like sad at that part. Yeah. So, so you, what you're saying is he's Deacon Blue. A little Steely Dan reference. All my Steely Dan heads, you know who you are. I'll, I'll let it slide. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're out there. They are out there. You they know, are in a place. Just want you to know you're you're being Be represented, there. everybody. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're all about representation. We're, we're representing the Steely Dan fans, the, exactly. the most oppressed minority. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! god. All right, so you so you guys ready for this part? Right, let's do it. Because we are entering the golden era of Law and Order criminal. 
Hell yeah. Which is season six, episode one, blind spot, to season nine, episode two, loyalty, part two. This is the best, the absolute best part of the show. Hold on one second. Um, this is the absolute best part of the show. So, in the first episode of the the one that I mentioned, which is uh, Blind Spot, this episode involves Gorin, uh, for the first time, being pushed to his limits. Eames gets kidnapped by a killer, and they think that the killer who kidnapped her is Gorin's old mentor. So it's like a whole lot of drama. It's the first time you see Gorin really get pushed to the limit, and you see him get challenged on things by people. Because he especially gets challenged by the captain. And this is where we introduce a new character, Captain Ross. Captain Ross is, uh, he's the captain for most of the show. And he is a kind of uh, hard-nosed captain. He's not as uh, easy easy to, like, he's not like Deacons who kind of lets you get away with everything. He's willing to push back. But he fights for Goran and Eames and, and Mike Logan and his partner when he knows that it's the right thing to do. Which makes him feel so much more realistic than a buddy-buddy captain like all the other ones in Law & Order. He feels like a real captain, and he feels like he's he, he pushes back when it makes sense, and he doesn't push back when it makes sense. And that's what makes him so interesting and so good, because you could tell at the end of the day, he wants to do the right thing, and he knows Goran does too. And that's what makes Captain Ross so great. So in this first episode, they have you? a lot of... Exactly. Okay. But in this first episode, because he's new, they have a bit of butting heads and it works. So, you know, all that stuff happens with his mentor. His mentor is important later. In case you're wondering, he didn't do it. He did not kidnap Eames. His daughter did. So that's 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 what happens there. Uh, so the, the mentor is innocent. But he will be back later, um, as will his daughter. So this is where we get into, into season six, episode two. Where, where Mike Logan gets a new partner, Megan Wheeler, who is the most beautiful woman I have ever seen in my entire life. I don't know how to stress this to you. She's gorgeous. Is she related Her, to Joey Wheeler from Yu-Gi-Oh? I need to know. No, sadly. Okay. Damn. Um, she's played by Can't Julianne you? Nicholson. Make sure, make sure I have that name right. Hold on. Can you confirm yeah. that the Yu-Gi-Oh and Law and & Order universes are not one in the same. It could be part of the same timeline, you know. It's very possible. There's enough weird shit that's Joey connected Wheeler to these shows. I <laughs> sure, why not? I'd, I'd, I'd buy it. <laughs> but uh, Megan Wheeler is played by Julianne Nicholson, and I just want everybody to know that Megan Wheeler is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I definitely had to rewatch some of those scenes because I definitely got distracted by how gorgeous she is. That is all. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on from that. But we are gonna talk about Megan Wheeler's character and the fact that she's actually really interesting, which is incredibly rare for female detectives in Law and Order because they're normally planks of wood because Dick Wolf can't write women for some reason. But but Megan Wheeler's actually kind of interesting. So she gets partnered with Mike Logan, and Mike Logan is gruff bad cop gets in trouble a lot well megan wheeler is like um megan wheeler is like a 
a kind not like a rookie but she's like a newer cop who's like she's she's done a lot of things but she's always done things and she's never really gotten in trouble and she's like never really like been the kind of cop that mike logan is so those two have very different approaches but now they're partners and they have like it works so well they have this like weird kind of chemistry where like i can't tell if mike logan wants to date megan wheeler or want or views her as like a daughter but like he always seems to have like this this weird like attachment to her that's very interesting and it's very like unique to them like it's hard to describe the energy um for instance there's one part where uh megan wheeler has to disappear for a few episodes um in order to do an overseas assignment turns out the actress was pregnant in real life so they had to write her off for a few episodes um and she she gets uh you know she gets written off and mike logan has this very like interesting reaction to like her being gone like it it bothers him in some way it's very interesting and then like when she gets engaged later on he like like he, he finds that like very very interesting uh, like he finds that uh, it like it bothers him in a certain way because he he worries about her. Um, so those two have really good chemistry, uh, and they also have good uh, interactions with Captain Ross. It works so well, and this is like golden age right here. It's just Mike Logan and Megan Wheeler, and then on the other side is Gorn and Eames, and they're just hitting they're just hitting bangers after bangers. Just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> sure, I'll get around to that boom <laughs> boom you know they're just hitting they're just hitting banger after banger after banger it is ridiculous how many of these episodes are so fucking good and then and then and then they get weird oh is this is so, this the batman era or are we about to talk about the batman stuff n- no the, the, where they uh, turned into like a batman show we talked about this last time, where things get so weird so quickly, and it's like Dick Wolf just wanted to write a Batman show. Oh yeah, where like they start getting really weird villains. Yeah, uh, that's all Law and Order shows, though. That is uh, not just this one. But when I say things get weird, I mean things start to change. Because you see, the thing is, is um they need to get rid of Mike Logan, uh the character. I mean, um. They need to write him out of the show because Chris Noth doesn't want to be around anymore. So what happens is they have this case where I totally skipped a part. Um, remember when I said Megan Wheeler disappeared for a couple episodes? She gets replaced with this uh, another generic lady cop, except her gimmick is that she's very overly aggressive. And it means that Mike Logan has to kind of be the the calm one which is puts him kind of out of his element. It's kind of interesting, but also kind of boring. The episodes are mid. Um, they're kind of some of the weaker of the golden era. Okay, now to what I was saying. So Mike Logan has to, um, has to, uh, you know, has to leave. So to if you remember, I was talking, what? I said he has to get out of there. Yeah, he has to get out of there. So Mike Logan is... Uh, they're handling a case where they find a corrupt DA who is basically kind of uh, jailing people who shouldn't be jailed, basically. Like a very corrupt DA. And they go at her during this case, Me- Megan and um, and Mike. 
And it gets to this point where the DA starts kind of lashing out. The DA gets away with it. One of the rare times in criminal intent where the bad guy wins. Um, the DA kind of gets away with it and has Megan Wheeler's fiance arrested on racketeering charges. Um, she didn't know that he was this bad of a person. She didn't know that he was like a kind of like a criminal kind of dude. And this DA had um, him arrested during like their date. Like literally like Megan Wheeler was on a date with him and he got like ripped out of the car and arrested. Um, and it really messed up Megan. It really messed up Wheeler. It really messed her up. And Logan uh, knew that now that this had happened, you know, this DA was going to keep, you know, pressing major case. And there's this really great scene where Logan goes to a priest and he's talking to him and he's like, I don't know what to do. Like everything is just falling apart. And this DA is just making life hell. And the, and the priest looks at him and says something. I swear to God, I've never heard in a, in a law and order show before. He says, why don't you just do something else with your life? And I swear to God, this never happens in Law and Order. Like, do you think an SVU detective, they never even take fucking days off. And this, this priest is just like, maybe you should do something else with your life. And Logan says, that's a good idea. And he retires. He really does. He literally says, I'm, going to do something else that's a bigger twist than anything i I, re- I honestly thought this like he started and i was like oh he's gonna get like murdered like oh they're gonna find him like like he, this is gonna be like the next part of the big case no no he just says i'm out see ya yeah he just retires he says i'm i'm done and he just there he goes he goes off into the wind mike logan is gone and we enter the kind of second half the kind of waning days of the golden era as we bring in I shit you not, Jeff fucking Goldblum. I still cannot believe they got Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yes, Jeff, mother fucking Goldblum, the guy from Jurassic Park. Yes, that Jeff Goldblum. That's probably the most uh, like unrealistic aspect of the whole show, so, from what you've described, is that they would let let Jeff Goldblum become a cop. I like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you see, he's not actually Jeff Goldblum. He is Detective Zachary Nichols. And Detective Zachary Nichols is the son of two psychologists. Um, and he was Captain Ross's former partner when Captain Ross was a detective. But he quit being a police officer for a few years until Ross finally enticed him back. Uh, by, by, because he had this opening now that uh, Mike Logan was, was gone. Um, so, uh, Wheeler has a new partner and it's Jeff Goldblum and it kind of works. They have this really weird chemistry where it's not the same as like Mike Logan and and Wheeler where you're like, oh, I really like the, the kind of chemistry these two have. It's like, I, it's like, I almost understand how these two react. Like it's a very realistic reaction to if my police partner was Jeff fucking Goldblum, (laughs) like it's. I don't even know how to describe it. Like she finds him very odd and very weird because, well, he's just, he's literally just Jeff. Goldblum. I was going like, to say, he doesn't have a character. I was going to say, I, he, there's no character Jeff Goldblum could ever play that you wouldn't look at and be like, you're kind of a weirdo. I like, you. <laughs> like, yeah, he's literally just, 
His character is literally just Jeff Goldblum, but he knows a lot about psychology. I dig that. I vibe with that. So, so Zachary Nichols is a very interesting character, and he kind of um, he rounds out the golden age. It starts alternating between Gorn and Eames, Zachary Nichols, and um, Wheeler, uh, who is once again, might I add, the most gorgeous woman I have ever seen in my entire life. Thank you. You mentioned. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, while this is going on, Gorn is getting his absolute ass kicked by life. Um, his mother. Uh, his mother is dying. Um, his brother is going through a lot of shit with like drug addiction. Uh, he finds out his father, he was basically a, ra- a child of rape. Um, his father was a very notorious uh, rapist. Um, and Nicole Wallace, uh, or in this one episode, right? His, his mother has passed away. Um, his brother is murdered. His brother is killed by Nicole Wallace, the the blonde, the 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 notorious, the one that keeps getting away from Goran. Um, that Goran keeps trying to convince to be good, but he can't quite do it. Uh, Nicole Wallace kills his brother, and he needs to find her. And eventually, he gets. Yeah, he gets Nicole Wallace right out of fucking window. Oh, damn, not, not oh, damn, normal not, Nicole Wallace. Oh, no, he also gets poisoned, and then he gets thrown out a window. It should have been oh. me. It should have been me. No, it should, I should have been you, me. You're going to get a bombastic, ridiculous, explosive uh, assassination. Don't worry. I'm probably going to stick a, like a fork in a toaster, honestly. That's, that's what would happen to me. Like, just forget it's plugged in. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? Okay. Uh, it gets even crazier. Because later in that episode, Goran gets mailed a human heart. What the fuck? Like an actual human heart. Bruh. Um, It's Nicole Wallace's. What? She's been murdered. So Goran is going through some shit because like his brother is dead. And now this woman who like he's dedicated so much of his time and brain power to trying to beat. He didn't beat her. She just died. And it just it drives him insane. And it turns out. The person who killed Nicole Wallace was his former mentor. The guy from earlier. Bruh. He is currently going through mental deterioration. He's an older guy. His, his mental state is deteriorating. And he wanted Gorin to lose all distractions. So because of that, he had to kill the one case Gorin couldn't answer. So it was distracting him. He had to get rid of his brother who had drug problems distracting him. So he had to get rid of these things. So he killed the. So he got Nicole Wallace to kill the brother, and then he killed Nicole Wallace. God so Goran has to basically sit there as he basically just sits there as this guy basically explains why he destroyed Goran's life, and it just sends Goran into like a huge downward spiral. Like he's having a rough day, and he's looking rough because like Vincent D'Onofrio, he wasn't shaven, so he had like a scruffy beard and. Bro, he was, he was having a rough day, period. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of where we, we, you know, we keep going. Uh, we get to, we get to the, the end of the golden era, right? So the, the end of the golden era comes in a two-parter called loyalty at the start of season nine. Um, and shit. Hits the fucking fan. 
very quickly. So let's talk about something that pisses me the fuck off first. Uh, Megan Wheeler disappears. Uh, she They revealed that her character was pregnant. Uh, and then middle of an episode, her water breaks. Uh, Eames takes her to the hospital. And she never returns. What? She she didn't she doesn't die. She she gives birth to a baby. She just never comes back. Poof. Takes some turns gone. Just into a void. Disappears for good. I hate that. They do it all the time. Characters vanish constantly. Um Mike Logan's first partner, Barrick, vanished. That partner that replaced Wheeler for a hot minute vanished. Um they <laughs> In fact, that character vanished so quickly, they didn't even get to empty out Wheeler's desk before Wheeler came back. Literally, the, that lady who replaced her for like a hot minute, she still had her stuff in the desk. Bro. So like, these characters just fucking vanish. And it's so fucking annoying because they deserve so much better than this just than just disappearing out of existence. Especially Wheeler, who has been like one of the longest tenured detectives in the major case squad. So yeah. I was pissed off a little bit about that one. So what you're saying is they need to but, do like, like like an episode where they figure out what happened to all of the, the members of the squad who just kind of disappeared? But here's the thing. We do know what happened to them. Oh? Because they keep getting referenced in other Law & Order shows. Barrick appears in an episode of SVU. Eames appears in an episode of SVU. Megan Wheeler is mentioned in an episode of SVU, and they mention that she retired. So she really did just take forever There's, maternity leave. Yeah, it's it, good for her, honestly. Yeah, so like, absolutely like insane stuff. So we get to loyalty, right? And loyalty is the big mamma jamma. Captain Ross is doing undercover work to be um because he got messaged by a dude who's basically trying to smuggle like guns into the country, and he needs like a police captain. Um, and they think that Ross could like is corrupt enough when they, it's obviously a trick. Um, but all this stuff happens. But somebody is targeting and killing people associated with this arms deal, and it happens. They kill Captain Ross. He gets shot. Everybody's dying. Exactly. This is an emotional roller coaster. So Cap- <laughs> exactly. So Captain Ross dies. And it's but in major cases like what the fuck? So then we get it. One of the rarest events, a crossover between detectives. Zachary Nichols shows up and hangs out with Gorn and Eames. Super rare. It only happens one other time in an earlier case, like way earlier during the growing age period. Barrick and Logan work with uh, Gorn and Eames on a case that's way, 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 way earlier in the show. But at this point, Gorn and Eames. Uh, and Nichols now, who's partnerless because uh, Megan Wheeler fucking Thanos snapped out of existence. Boom, like that. Um, they're going through uh, and trying to figure out who killed Captain Ross. The FBI is trying to fight with them. Um, the FBI starts fighting with them so much that they suspend Gorin because they feel like Gorin is is getting in their way too much. Which le- and because uh, he is suspended, Eames, who's super like uh, like. Super has a lot of confidence in Gorin. Basically, goes all right. Fine, you want to suspend him? Then I'm out of here. Fuck off. 
and she just kind of fucks off for a little while. And that's when they bring in Detective Stevens, who is going to be important later. She's another generic plank of wood. I am so sorry <laughs> to, to enlighten you. She's a very generic plank of wood, like the other feeble detectives that Dick Wolf writes for some reason, except for Megan Wheeler and Eames. Um, so Stevens and Nichols, they continue working on the case, and eventually they figure out who killed him. But surprise, surprise, because Goran was also doing investigating uh, when he shouldn't have been because he was, you know, uh, not because uh, he was suspended. Um, he finds out that basically they can't put this guy in prison because they need him to return to his country with tagged arm shipments that will basically allow them to find a shit ton of terrorist cells in like the Middle East or Africa or somewhere. So basically, Goran, Eames, and Nichols all have to just be like, wow, we have to just kind of throw justice aside here, justice for our captain aside, because we need to get rid of these terrorist cells. Like, it's it, like for the sake of the country, like, we have to do this. It's terrible. We have to. And they do. The, they let the dude go. Uh, Nichols has this badass line, though, where he says, um, we're going to let you go, but I want you to know that for the rest of your life, you're going to have to look over your shoulder to, and wonder if somebody's going to kill you the way you killed Captain Ross. And I just thought that was fucking awesome. Uh, and it's even, it's weird coming from the mouth of Jeff Goldblum, but it's fucking awesome. So, Captain Ross is dead, uh, and shit's hitting the fan, and they say, all right, Eames, do you want to be the new captain? And she says, well, sure, I'll absolutely do that. And they said, okay, fire Gorin, or else you don't get to be captain. What did you do? And Eames, Eames has this emotional scene where she basically says, you know, Gorin, they're, they're going to fire you no matter what. But they want me to do it, specifically. And Gorin's like, I, you know, I understand. It's a long time coming. Uh, he he hugs her and kisses her on the cheek, which is like something Goran like never does. So it's like, Oh, that's, it's very sweet. Um, and it's just very emotional scene. He's like, Oh, it's okay. And she's like, no, it's clearly not okay. Like This isn't right. And he's like, it just, it has to be this way. And Goran walks out and he leaves the major case squad. He's been fired. And you think that's the end, but then Eames, she can now be the captain. She walks over to the desk, puts her gun and the badge on it, picks up the phone and says, I'm not going to be the captain. And she quits. So she leaves, which also means we literally only have Jeff Goldblum left. Everybody's gone (laughs) except for Jeff Goldblum. He could just be the whole show anyways. I mean, like, it's Jeff Goldblum. Well, here's where we enter the dark Goldblum days. The dark Goldblum. The next era of the (laughs) The show. Darth Goldblum. Darth Goldblum. The Dark Goldblum Days. Season 9, Episode 3, Broad Channel, to Season 9, Episode 16, 3 and 1. It's just Jeff Goldblum and Stevens. And these episodes are kind of fucking boring. They bring in a new captain. Uh, She is very boring. She has, like, no character other than really not trusting spouses in most cases. Thinking the spouse always did it. I don't know. Uh, I don't even remember her name. She's not very interesting. And that's a newer episode, so I should really remember her name, but I don't. Absolutely not. Um, There's only one good episode in this entire run, like one episode that I absolutely recommend watching, 
And it's this episode where Jeff Goldblum handles a case that involves a woman that he loved. Um, and the woman he loved had basically this really bad mental illness that basically, she's basically like the woman from 51st Dates. Like she's very forget, like things slip her mind and she's very like in her own world. Like it's a lot of like mental issue stuff. And he basically, you know, he couldn't do that anymore um, because she needed special care and like there wasn't really like a relationship anymore. But she like remembers him as being like this like knight in shining armor or whatever. And he basically has to solve this case while like, you know, resurfacing all these memories of being with this woman. And it has this amazing scene at the end. It's one of my favorite scenes in the entire run of the show. Um, the woman comes up to him and she says, you know, like Nichols, you're going to come back tomorrow, right? We're going to go dancing. You know, like you're going to sweep me off my feet. We're going to go dancing. And Goldblum knows that she's not going to even remember this tomorrow. Like she's, she's not even going to remember this by the time she goes back in the house. So he looks her in the eye, knows that like nothing is like nothing. None of this is ever going to work out. He looks her in the eyes and he goes, of course I'll come back. I promise. And then he leaves. And it's, it's, it's really sad. It like hits you right in the heart. It's like, holy shit. Got me me Um, crying in the corner right now. Yeah. And then Jeff Goldblum disappears. (laughs) What? He disappears. Uh, He he vanishes. Uh, He has an episode called three and one. He works a case with his father. His father is one of the shittiest acting choices I've ever seen in my life. The father's a good actor. But he and Jeff Goldblum have no chemistry. They they don't even look like they work together, let alone father and son. It's absolutely horrendous. <laughs> they have no chemistry with each other. Um, but after that episode, the episode ends. He's drinking coffee with his father in a coffee shop. Zooms out. Boom. Jeff Goldblum is gone. He doesn't even get an explanation. They like sometimes they'll explain like they'll be like, oh, you know, Megan Wheeler had her baby. That's it. Like, we're not going to explain why she left, but that she had her baby or this person got transferred or this person retired. No, he's just gone. Him and Stevens, boom, gone. Forever disappeared. By Jeff Goldblum. And this is where we enter the final era of the show. I know this is getting a bit long, but I'm almost done. I swear to God. You're good. <laughs> the therapy epilogue. Um, This is season one. Oops, sorry. There- oh, the the therapy epilogue the therapy epilogue oh, okay. this is season 10 episode 1 respeto i think i just butchered that it means respect i think um to season 10 episode 8 to the boy in the blue knit cap and this is basically gordon eames get rehired um by the new captain uh i don't know his name he's not even important enough to be in the opening credits this is the smallest main cast of any Law & Order show. It's literally just Gorn and Eames. It's two characters. And it's just 10, or it's just, sorry, it's just eight straight generic Gorn and Eames cases. They just solve these 10 cases, or these eight cases, excuse me. Um, and during them, it's inter, it, like, they're, during them, Gorin is going to mandated therapy. And in this mandated therapy, kind of just, like, lays it all out. Like, he's just with this therapist, and he just lays everything out. And he talks about, you know, like all this and the therapist is like getting to the root of the thing. Like he has trouble trusting people. The only person he trusts is Eames. Um, uh, he has problem with connections because he feels like he's too late in life to ever have any meaningful connection with anybody. Um, and just like this old, like this whole bunch of stuff, just a whole bunch of therapy. And then we reach to the boy in the blue knit cap. Um, the episode ends. He says, I want, for the first time ever, he says, I want to come back for therapy. 
Like his mandated sessions are over. He doesn't have to. And he chooses to for the first time ever. He says, I want to come back to, to therapy. He walks out. Eames is waiting for him. Uh, and she goes, we have a case. He says, yeah, let's roll. And they roll off into the distance. Law and order criminal Ted is over. The end. Off into the sunset. Off into the fucking sunset. They survived Goldblum. Off into the sunset. So wait. <laughs> and and that's it. That is law and order criminal intent. Broken down into eras. One of, if not my favorite show of all time. It's so good. The pr- only problems with the show are it has some awkward, boring episodes in the, in towards the beginning, and they just make characters disappear a lot, which is really annoying. Beyond that, this show is fucking amazing, and I recommend anybody fucking watch this. And I know you may be saying, but Tyler, you just told me the plot of the episode. Why would I want to watch? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I need you to know this. I need you, I need you to all know this. It doesn't matter. Watch it anyway, because it's good whether or not you know what happens. It is so fucking good. It's such a fucking good show. Um, and Megan Wheeler is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Alright, that's it. So that's, that's all I got. So that's the whole show? Like, they're done? They're not making any more ever? No. Um, ten seasons. Uh, that's it. It's done. Uh, all the characters kind of uh, disappear. In case you're wondering what happens to all of them, Barrett gets transferred to another unit. That one lady who replaced Wheeler for a hot minute, she disappeared out of existence. Um, Deacon's retired. Carter got transferred and they never really explained what happened to him. He, he was the ADA, if you remember. Um, Megan Wheeler retires at some point. Uh, Nick Amaro on SVU will talk talks about it. He mentions it um, during a case. Um, Mike Logan retires. Uh, Captain Ross, dead. Uh, Goldblum vanished. Stevens vanished. That other captain vanished. Uh, Gorn and Eames, after that, uh, Gorn retires. Um, according to an SVU episode. And then Eames gets transferred to, like, I believe a global terrorism unit. <laughs> oh, um, they're going to tie this in. The, the, a law and order war on terror. No, because this episode was made fucking years ago and they never did anything with it. Oh, um, oh wow. Yeah, so they never did any, They never planned to do anything. It's literally just they wanted an Eames cameo. But they didn't want to use Major Case for some fucking reason. Um, but yeah. So all those characters disappeared. Vincent D'Onofrio says, I really, really, really want to re-show up in, in Law and Order. Like, I would really like that because I really like playing Gorin. And Dick Wolf basically said, nah, homie, I need to make more SVU that nobody likes. Um, because all those episodes are bad now for some reason. Um, yeah, I don't know why Dick Wolf doesn't love Criminal Intent more because it's the best show of all time. I love it. Um, I guess it just didn't. I would say it probably just didn't get the ratings that SBU gets. Well, um, considering they stuffed it on a channel different from all the other channels that Law & Order, that the Law & Orders have been ah, on, uh, no wonder. Gotcha. They shoved it on the fucking Ion Network. Tell me which of you watched the fucking Ion Network. I was, I, the one time it was, you know, I saw the... Name me a show on the Ion Network that isn't Criminal Intent. I know their slogan. and It's, uh, Ion, Positively Charged. That's, that's great. Name me a show on there. Uh, With that, I think it's time for a government love break. A government love break. Yeah. I'm during this government during during this break. Uh, D has to Google a show that was on the (laughs) network. Give me five entire minutes to do this, please. 
I'm very slow. I'm a bad typer. Give me five entire years to do this. <laughs> we will be, be right, right there. <sighs> I've been I've been trying to get back into shape, but it's so hard. I don't know anything about fitness. Fitness? <laughs> I'm working on fitness whole burger in my mouth. What about a trainer or coach? Straight Ahead Fitness helps people like you get past the confusion. Straight Ahead? <laughs> Let's go straight ahead to Border Town. Oh, oh man, that, that'd be great. I don't think I could take much more misinformation. How am I supposed to eat two carton of eggs and three chickens a day? That's the best part. With one-on-one consultation and support, you don't have to worry about some random blogger telling you to eat egg. Just direct consultation with your coach, Spencer. Oh, oh really? How, how, how awesome! Where do I find this straight-ahead fit? Well, it's not a burger town. That's right, it's not. Find Straight Ahead Fitness by following them on Instagram and joining their Facebook group. Get help by filling out their Typeform survey. Get fitness today. I believe it. Uh, Welcome back, everybody, to Government Lobot. We're back from our break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Now. Oh, where are you? So, 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 uh... I, for my topic, I think we should talk about the Zelda timeline. Now, it's, <laughs> it starts with Skyward Sword. No, that's a, that's a real... No, that's a stupid idea. But oh. actually, Nick, what's your topic? But, but, <laughs> but actually, something very similar. And it's kind of inspired by, by Dee's topic. I'm not gonna lie. You'd be absolutely shameless. Uh, I didn't know what I was gonna do coming into this. But inspired by D. And the book series that I've been reading lately. I do want to talk about time shenanigans in media. Because every time time is involved, everything gets complicated and insane. As we saw earlier with the Legend of Zelda timeline. Oh. (laughs) Correct. That's the nature of time shenanigans, though. Is it like. It's gotta get weird. It doesn't get weird. Is it even time stuff? You know, you got a you got a point there. But there there's there's a variety of ways that like time travel and time shenanigans can can be done. And there are some that are uh more common than others or there are some like the uh whole Marvel and DC universe that's just so many so many different timelines and universes and parallel dimensions. And shenanigans. Go watch Spider Verse across the Spider Verse, <laughs> <laughs> and it, that doesn't necessarily make a, a a piece of media bad. It's just that when it's it's really hard to do time right because for one, we we all we live from point A to point B. When we start thinking about going from point B back down to uh, point. Uh, theta and delta and just all over the place then it becomes really wacky and hard to comprehend except for Tyler (laughs) because he's literally a time wizard if you don't believe me go back to about halfway through D's topic and just listen to his explanation again Uh, I have there are some examples that I have for 
uh, different types of time travel. And afterwards, I want I want to talk about what kind of time travel you guys think is okay. Do you have like a favorite type of iteration of it, or a kind of thought in your mind how it would work for your own creations? Just kind of explore that a little bit. Okay. First. Yeah, I vibe with that. Yeah. I think that. Uh, first is Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> uh, I we've talked about Kingdom Hearts a bit here, but not too much. Uh, I am again shameless, shameless enjoyer of the series. Enjoyer literally the grew, up with, literally grew up with it. Things slap. Things slap. But it does time travel, does time and travel. honestly, not very good. It gets very confusing and all over the place. And the the way it does it is that to go back in time, you have to have a version of yourself existing there or a vessel that you could then put your heart because everything in Kingdom Hearts is tied to the heart into that vessel and then interact with, with the world that can change things uh, do whatever as long as you follow the rules of having something something or someone there that you can slide your heart into doesn't sound complicated at first until you get to the actual story of the game where it's like this old man is terrorizing the entirety of Disney worlds by throwing himself all over time and corrupting people and making copies that aren't actually people but are good enough for his heart and literally coming so fucking old that he comes from like uh pre-era of the the world it's it's nonsense it's all over the place and it's it's one of the major like uh reasons why kingdom hearts is so goddamn complicated because not only do we have games like birth by sleep and dream drop distance and 358 over two days we have an old man that is the single cause of issues for this and things like the mobile game. Well, not, he's not actually cause of issues, but come from the mobile game. And it's just, it's too much. <laughs> it's too much sometimes. A more yeah. chill. I'll continue my bad. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it, it, that's the kind of the story of Kingdom Hearts, if I'm being honest, is like, Okay, solid idea. Oh, it, we got it's crazy now. Oh, 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 it's oh, it's yeah, it's a mess. Like, and it was it was somewhat going along fairly until Dream Drop Distance, and everything was like, all right, he's just throwing himself all around time. But like, even before that, it's just like, man, this shit's complicated. Yeah, I mean, like that they they probably. They probably could have, like, stopped doing time stuff before they started. Gone back in time and stopped themselves, if you will. <laughs> like, like Kingdom Hearts was already complicated enough. Why'd they gotta get time involved? They put Disney and Final Fantasy together and didn't expect it to get anime uh, levels of insane. Then they went, oh, also, time travel? But not just time travel. Our wacky, insano version where you can only 
take over previous versions of yourself or clones or duplicates or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 bonkers. Um, uh, we we already talked about Legend of Zelda. That's that how going back and forth, um, we can create like a, a split of prey in the natural timeline. How different choices can result in different paths that at some point end up converging together because it is all still the same world. Uh, we have ones like Marvel Universe where there's just if Uncle Ben didn't die this time, it was it was Aunt May and this is now a new Spider-Man. Or this this kid got bitten by a spider instead of Peter Parker. New spider like more it's more uh like parallel universes, but it kind of results from like what would happen if at this point in time it wasn't our main character or it was something different slightly happened. And it's really just more of a kind of each choice and minor iteration deviates how an entire timeline could go. Uh, in the books that I'm reading, uh, Fablehaven, now Dragon Watchers, how they do time travel is that, and, and actually Five Kingdoms, it, it's like a main way, kind of a main way of doing time travel, but also one that's really prevalent in Brandon Mole's works. Um, where even if you were to go to the past, or somebody from the past were to go to the future, it doesn't create different branching timelines because whatever's happened has happened. That's just 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 how how things went on. There's no world where, uh, like if you went to the past, back to when Abraham Lincoln was being assassinated, and uh was sitting in the theater at the time and uh, got apprehended or something. Uh, thought to be the the murderer, and then you went back to the future. There wouldn't be a timeline where instead it was John Wilkes Booth uh, being captured and run down. It would be you just back in the past. It's it's kind of weird, but it, it makes the most sense to me because it's like everything is sequential and is going to go in this single flowing line, whether we like it or not. So. It's, it doesn't really make it so you can actually interact with and change things about the world because of your time travel shenanigans. Um. See, alright, so like, when we get into like the, the like, to that kind of time travel, I sort of have some issue because I thought the idea was that like, Anything you do could like change. Everything. You know what I mean? Well, that that the butterfly effect that depends yeah. on the the world and situation. Depends on how you want to view timeline, uh, time travel. But if we're going to, if I look at time, how I experience it and how I live, everything is sequential. Yeah, different actions I may take may result in different things, but it's not like there is a different world where I had taken those actions. It's just me choosing and living in a single stream. So my interaction going into the past wouldn't necessarily be something where it's like, oh, I went into the past, now I can stop Abraham Lincoln's assassination. It's like I go into the past and I would fail or something. Abraham Lincoln has died. There would be, there'd be, it's almost like the time 
as itself is a force that is keeping itself in a, in a sequence. So even if you went back and were like, I'm going to protect Abraham Lincoln with my goddamn life. I'm going to stop him from being shot. I will save the goddamn country. It's not really going to happen because, well, fuck, you could die. You could just be shot, got gotten rid of, and that's the end of your life. You just disappear from your your travel back in time is really just a disappearance. Um, and you, you die back then. Or, you know, you fail. You end up getting clumsy. Abraham Lincoln escapes your view. Or John Wilkes Booth is just fucking that good. It's, it's kind of... For me, it makes the... It makes it the easiest to work with time travel because it doesn't mean that you have all these butterfly effects and different consequences of uh, bipping, bopping around. You can more structure it like, oh, these events have happened, so build up and like how how they how they do it is. Uh, I will minor spoilers for Fablehaven. They're old books though. Last one came out in 2010 for that specific series. Uh, how they do it is there is an ancestor of the characters that is like 100 or more years in the past, like great, great grand uncle or something. And this dude was an absolute chad. Like he was everything from a dragon tamer to one of the world's greatest adventurers to a dragon slayer. He's widely regarded as just absolute chad. At some point, he is brought to the future um, from an artifact that controls time, presses a button, when the button's pressed, he's brought to the future for three days. And he ends up helping the, uh, the, the main characters in their plight. However, um, you know, you, you'd think that wouldn't happen if they, if they didn't press it. It's a butterfly effect. I guess, I mean, I guess you could view it like that, but it all is a consequence because of him in the past having pressed the button of something that somebody would eventually find and, you know, fiddle and bop, press, press the button. But when he goes back into the past, he still has knowledge of, like, the future events. So various things that have been set up as uh, mysteries or, like, hidden parts of the story are beginning to be revealed as preparations from this man, Patton Burgess. There, there are points where they're, uh, they're able to go and consult journals written by him or uh, uncovered treasures uh, hidden that have messages or knowledge pertaining to their events because Patton had interacted with them and then had been able to prepare and kind of have knowledge and might partly be why he's one of the world's greatest adventurers because he went around preparing and learning and doing all the stuff required to be able to give these guys a fighting chance. Sorry, I kind of rambled there, but I, I feel like I hit the the important things. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, all right. I so I sort of I sort of see what you're saying. Like, I I I know what you mean, and that like it makes it makes time shenanigans a little less all over the place. And if you can get things to line up anyways, then you can do everything you wanted to do. Am I am I am I picking up what you're putting down the right way? Yeah, kind of. I I, I think so. Um. Uh, usually I need, I take more time to be able to prepare my thoughts and, and things for these. So sorry if it's not the most succinct, but yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think you get it. Alright, alright. It's really just like a, a simplistic thing because of how complicated, uh, 
time shenanigans get in stories, it really enables you to not only have a bit more freedom with it, but also keep it within the boundaries, I feel. Compared to something like Kingdom Hearts or Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Or even like, I don't know, I guess you even like uh, Back to the Future, where you can yeah. like accidentally unfuck your parents out of existence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, that's... <laughs> you know, I, oh my god, I'm so glad you brought up Back to the Future. I could just imagine some people that listen to this being like, I can't believe you didn't mention, like, the the prevalent number one time travel media. Well, I mean, you, fool. we gotta bring it Back to the Future. It's just that, like, it, does, it, it doesn't totally make sense that you can, like, you can go to the past and get your parents to not do it and get them to unmake you. Yeah. Like, like that's it, it's an interesting it's an interesting concept, but it's like you exist, bro. You have you have lived however many years, and like that is that. I think that like really begs the question: like, if you go back in time to stop your parents from doing it, does that make it so that you don't exist? So you can't go back in time to stop like the grandfather effect? Like, you can't. You, like you, like if you don't exist, then you didn't go back in time, and if you don't go back in time, you know, like here's if you don't go time back. exists in. See, this is the thing. It's like it's almost like it's a it's a multiverse thing. Yeah, because that's how they explain it in Back to the Future, right? So like, so Marty goes back in time, right? And let's say he stops his parents from from existing. Doesn't he start? Doesn't he start like fading away and shit too, though? Yeah. Yes, that's because now he's in a timeline, like he's in part of a timeline where he doesn't exist. If Marty was to then, like, get into his car and go back in time further, he could theoretically create another world where he does exist and live in that one. That. It's very confusing. Back to the Future is weird. I like where the one where they go to cowboy times. To cowboy that one's time. pretty good too. That's my favorite. That's my favorite form of time travel is when they go to cowboy time. Oh wait, no, wait, wait, wait. They couldn't do that because Marty can see himself. Okay, yeah, never mind. I'm thinking of something else then. Sorry. Uh he does start fading because um because of that. Yeah, okay. So by back to the f- Yeah, that I, that was my mistake. I apologize. So, um It is almost like a by back to the future effect. rules kind of. What's that, Nick? Oh, I was just saying it's just kind of like the butterfly effect thing that you guys are saying. Continue, Tyler. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, uh, you're okay. I was just basically saying that, like, what D is saying where it's like, oh, because you were never born, you never had the chance to go back in time to stop it. It doesn't exactly work like that because basically you're an omnipotent, like, once you travel back in time, you become an omnipotent force. Where basically, <laughs> even though you fade out of existence, you're the force of what you did still exists. Uh, so, I don't. Your consciousness just disperses about the timeline. Yeah, because you already went back in time and and did that. I feel I feel like it's that's just more more complicated because like if you stop your parents from initially meeting up, at, the whole thing is that they met up at like school prom or something. They still go to the same school or something like that. Yeah, they stop them, and then Marty disappears. What is to stop the parents? From meeting back up at a later point in time, boning and bringing Marty back into existence. Theoretically, it could be that because they don't meet at that exact moment, 
and uh, it throws the timeline off. So whenever they do have their first kid, uh, something happens where it's no longer Marty. It's a different child. So like, like if Marty's dad's balls but that's going on. aren't in the same like position, Marty doesn't exist. Exactly. Like, instead of it's in, it's a gender bent timeline. Instead of Marty, it's Martha. I I feel like that makes it more complicated because like every little thing could possibly result in Marty being a totally different person. But when he goes to the future, he has all the same memories, but a different life. I never said Back to the Future was good time <laughs> time travel rules. <laughs> you know what? You gotta say. Because I kind of prefer viewing time travel almost like a multiverse thing, which is how a lot of comic book stuff ha- handles it, where it's like, if you were to go back in time, right, and unkill Batman's parents, like you were to save Batman's parents, you don't make it so that Batman... Uh, now like has parents or doesn't exist you just create a new multiverse in which batman has parents or doesn't exist but the timeline where they die and everything's normal still exists it becomes like a multiverse well which is kind of what we were talking about earlier with the zelda timeline um it kind of just kind of fractures into pieces and offshoots and shit yeah okay but like and it, I I feel like there's diminishing returns on multi multiverse versuses, right? Like it, when viewing it through that lens, like because then you know, okay, you go back in time to change things. You'll never have the thing that you were trying to do. Like like you go back in time and like make your parents rich, so you grow up rich, but you still return to your same universe, your sta- your, your same like line of the multiverse where your your parents weren't rich, so you didn't grow up rich. So well, not quite. Not quite, because hear me out, right? What? The, no, 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 wait. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Follow, follow my train of thinking here, D. Okay. Follow my train of thinking here. So say you go back in time, right? You exist, you're, you're Batman, and you exist in the normal Batman universe. You go back in time, and you save your parents. Now you've entered a different multiverse in which your parents are saved. So you go back into the future... When you do that, you're still in that multiverse. So you still go into a future in which your parents are alive. But there's another you. Because there's still a Bruce in that universe. So so when you go forward, you're still in that universe because you haven't jumped into a different multiverse. Okay. You haven't done a multiverse jump. You did a time travel jump. Okay, wait. You didn't move. You didn't move. Uh, horizontal, you moved vertical. Okay, wait. Hang on a second. Let me okay. le- le- let me let me let me clarify something really quick. Bruce would stop existing in his original timeline then, because he went back to the past and then into a different timeline. Not under multiverse rules. What do you mean? Like if he if he well because under because that's not how I mean because that's under different rules because if... like Marty starts disappearing, but in um. But in, like, DC, under multiverse rules, you don't disappear. You just exist out of time, basically. So, wait, question, though. Different rules re- result in different outcomes. Question, kind though. Of thing. If, if... Yeah. So, we're, we're going under... Batman goes to the past, stops his parents from being murdered, goes back to the future, and he is then in the timeline where his parents aren't murdered. However, he still exists, not as Batman, just as Bruce Wayne. Yes. What D is saying is that in his original timeline, he still went back in the past. Mm-hmm. 
in theory, he has disappeared from his timeline to go back in the past and then walk down a different branching branching timeline path. Right? So, he's right. Like, he's not there unless the multiverse or the time, like, timeline, time, energy, fucking force or whatever you want to call it, then just makes it so that Bruce never went back in, in time in his original like universe timeline. So what D is saying is is technically right, unless there's some external force that is just being like, nah, this world needs Batman, so Batman never did the thing that caused him to end up in a different timeline and then multiverse. Exactly. Like at some point you have to like account for like like a Deus Ex Machina. Like so at some point, like unless there's a like suddenly it, Batman exists again for some reason. It is very similar to the uh Link going, being, leaving the adult timeline, and that timeline not having a spirit of the hero. Right. Okay, question. I have a question. Let me see. I, I just want to see if I'm getting getting what you're trying to say right. So, Batman goes back in time. He stops and creates a new multiverse by saving his parents. He goes forward, and now he's in that multiverse. Are you saying that um, the original universe that he's from doesn't have a Batman anymore? Because that's correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's what I was yeah. saying. Okay. All right. Okay. So here. So when I said that there was a what I was saying, and I think I I I might have been a little bit confused when I was trying to say it is when I said that there was another Batman. I don't mean in the original universe. I mean now that you went forward in this multiverse where you saved the parents, there's another Batman in that universe. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the that universe's Batman. So you're out of place because you've entered a new multiverse that you created by saving your parents in a past. Life. Yes, exactly. In like the past. That's what I'm saying. All right, so here's my follow-up question. That's what question. I was trying to say. Here's, here's my follow-up question. Okay. Is that what happened to all the people on Law & Order Criminal Intent? Is that where they went, you think? <laughs> <laughs> Is that... Because did they go, like, back time to save Batman's parents? And now they're in all in different timelines where Batman's parents live? It's... I think this it's, is right. It's very possible. I think this is correct. Okay, alright. Just making sure I got all the time stuff down. <laughs> um, <laughs> but honestly, I, I feel like it is both a... Back to your original question that spawned this entire line of thinking for this portion. Your question on diminishing returns, D. It is both a yes and a no, because yes, while there are now, there are now places that don't have have Batman and those places suddenly become less interesting or they're now like you have to deal with oh now you're contending with the current Batman of your place it's really it's the tool that kind of allows the whole multiverse rebooting and retellings of the stories that we know and love that's why we can get Tom Wayne as uh as Batman or we can get Miles Morales and, and things like that Spider Gwen. Uh, yeah. Ghost thumbs up. Ghost Spider is. So. Oh, sorry. Spider Ghost Spider. It's a better name. Fuck. So now, if 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 it were different, and we we're going in a third person type of omniscient view, where we are viewing Batman as he gets the things, goes into the past, and then disappears from the world, we don't have Batman. That might be more of a of a rough story to kind of tell because Batman's the main character arc. In, in that type of story a, a, a story without the main character in it any longer would just be uh, a little yeah. bit rough How do you yeah that? well 
I mean... Well, I mean, that's kind of the reason why a lot of DC superheroes don't go and mess with multiverse stuff is because they end up leaving their universe and their universe is unguarded by them. That's why a lot of them don't mess with that stuff. Because sometimes it creates a multiverse that's much worse. Yeah. That happens quite a lot, actually. Flashpoint. Yep, Flashpoint's a great example. Um, there is a, There's a comic where Booster Gold saves Batman's parents. Uh, it's why he does it. I'm not even going to get it, into. It's really fucking it, yeah, stupid. It's fucking... But he saves Batman's parents, and it creates a bad universe where everything's fucked because there's no Batman. Well, doesn't it? Isn't there also one where um, bat uh fucking Bruce perishes, and Tom Thomas goes on to be uh be Batman, and Martha goes on to become the Joker? Yeah, that's the yeah, that's the Flashpoint universe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but the one I was talking about with Booster Gold, that's a different universe for a one-off comic. It's fucking stupid. Don't read it. It's bad. <laughs> but the point is, is that like that in that universe, uh, you know, Batman's uh, parents are saved and it creates a bad universe. So that's what I, like a lot of the times they don't mess with it. Like, for instance, the Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne surviving universe is a pretty shit universe because Thomas Wayne is like kind of a like bad person because he like murders people as Batman, which is like a big no-no. Yeah, he's the gun So Batman. it's like. Yeah. Yep, he's the gun Batman. He's the Zack Snyder Batman. <laughs> Not literally. But the Zack Man, yes. The Zack Man. But, I guess, with all that discussion about uh, multiverse and, and uh, timelines and just time shenanigans in general, I want to ask you guys, what, like, one, do you enjoy time shenanigans in a piece media? And two, do you have a favorite form, whether it's one that we've talked about, like, here or another one? I have kind of said my favorite form, because, and, and my reasons with the whole, it is all one consistent timeline, even if you were to go back and forth, everything you've done is set in stone, or will be set in stone. Like, everything you've done has happened if you've done things in the past, things like that. Uh, you know, I, alright, so, to, to, to get started, uh, again, I want to reiterate, my favorite kind of time travel is when they go to cowboy times. Uh, <laughs> if they don't go to cowboy times, I'm not interested. Uh, two, my favorite piece of media that is time travel oriented, I mean, like, it's Doctor Who. Like, how could it not be? That's I'm, what I'm, I haven't really talked about, because I haven't, I haven't watched Doctor Who. Watch it. It's really good. Um, it, I mean, like, definitely watch the David Tennant seasons. It's gotten a little weird lately, I guess. Ugh. I haven't... I fell off at... It's alright. I fell it's, off at Capaldi. It's not as bad as people say it is. Uh, I didn't think Capaldi was bad. I just... I, I don't know. Something about the show was just not... Oh! Speaking of time travel and Peter Capaldi, <laughs> uh, Doctor Who, right. here's a little time travel question, right, that he poses. There's this really interesting part of an episode where he brings up the um the uh who's the famous composer why can't i think of it oh uh beethoven mozart oh mozart okay Be beethoven there beethoven. you go yeah oh, uh, i know the, the beethoven oh, I, I know the, exactly what you're about to talk about go ahead so the beethoven paradox is basically this so it's like so say there's a man he's a time traveler and he loves beethoven right so he goes back in time because he wants to meet beethoven he wants him to sign all of his music so he goes back in time and no and there's no beethoven Beethoven doesn't exist. Where's Beethoven? He's not real. 
So the time traveler is panicking. There's no Beethoven. He should be here. This is when he, this is when he's supposed to exist. So he panics and he takes all of his Beethoven music and he publishes it as his own, saying that he is in fact Beethoven. He says, I, I'm Beethoven, and he and he publishes all this music. Um, well, now he's published his music, and this music goes on to then inspire him to travel back in time to meet Beethoven. Who wrote the music? Because that, Beethoven doesn't exist. That is actually he was Beethoven. That is actually a paradox that comes like a a paradox to try to avoid. Um, if you're like writing with a single streamlined timeline, like uh, like I was talking about, because if you do something like that, where this like uh, an idea is brought to the past, um, and then is given the person that came up with the idea and published the works for it like you really do just create a loop of like where did this actually get inserted from okay so i have i i have an idea here about to answer the beethoven the beethoven paradox uh there had to have been an original beethoven at some point because i mean like sure time you could say is a loop time you could say is linear Either way, there had to have been a, a a a timeline where Beethoven happened first, and then the time traveler got the music. I mean, no matter what way you spin it, like, cause you can't just have one guy listen to Beethoven, like Beethoven, and also be Beethoven at the same time. You know, you know what I'm saying. I, I feel like I'm not explaining this well. I'm definitely not. I, 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 get, I get what you're yeah. saying. Like, you're how can it exist if nobody made it? Right. So, so I get the point of the paradox is to be a paradox, but at the same time, like that one thing has to precede the other, no matter what way you spin it. But here's the thing: under time travel rules, who says that it has to work like that? Yeah, that thing with time travel is it by nature breaks the rules. That, that I I also get what you're saying. I think that's the the big the the big trouble with it because like you can say there has to have been somebody that came before, but as a creator and as a writer, you like when you make it, you have to try to incorporate something like that. Because if you don't and you do end up creating a loop, regardless of like fan theories or and whatnot, is like that's just a theory. A media theories. That's that's. Oh, this motherfucker! I'm. A, that's, I, that's all. The, it's gonna, your time <laughs> is taking, Matt. Pat. <laughs> that's all it's gonna really end up being because the person who established it is like they have established a silly loop that shouldn't exist, and it is definitely a mistake, and would make more sense with somebody having come first and then somehow making this weird time travel loop. But it is possible because, like Tyler said, it. It, it breaks the rules and something to be really careful about when making time travel shenanigans within any piece of uh, fictional work. Yeah, I mean... It's why it's a slippery slope. It's, it's why it's very difficult. But you basically insert yourself like a like an electrical bracket almost. Like you insert yourself by doing the Beethoven paradox. You basically put like where the timeline is you basically create a circle around a section of the timeline you know where you time traveled from to beethoven's time you create a circle where you go back and activate like and and like uh publish all the beethoven stuff and then you go forward in time 
as Beethoven, like as Beethoven, like in his stuff exists. You create like a circle around it. If that makes any sense, I don't know if that makes sense. But <laughs> I hope it does. But I mean, like, I mean, like, there still has to be progenitor, and there still has to be like an alpha timeline where Beethoven happened before the invention of the time machine. That's only if you've established that there are different branching timelines, and that can be that can happen. But also, once a time machine exists, there is no time before a time machine. Because theoretically, I could just go back to whenever. Yeah, huh. it's it's why like the the I know why you're getting it's, confused, it's and I up. I agree with you. D. Don't don't worry. But it's honestly why time travel is so difficult and so confusing to be done well in any type of media. It's like that's like as much as we want to say there'd have to be somebody there there as much as we want it there there really doesn't and that's that's the difficult part and why like anybody creating a new rule uh set for time travel or timelines have to be extremely careful. And why so many things are like oh where our main focus is time travel end up flopping or getting to the point like Kingdom Hearts where it's just nonsense at that point. Okay, alright. Let me just say, really quick. Uh, I think the main thing we're learning here is that you, time travel's bad and you shouldn't do it. One. Uh, and two, the reason I like Doctor Who is because if you have a time machine, why wouldn't you go back in time to flirt with Shakespeare? It's the first thing I did. <laughs> That's all. That's it. That's all. That's what See, I want. See, I don't... I don't think time travel is bad as long as you know the story you're telling. Like, for instance, Back to the Future, like, that works because they knew what story they were going to tell and they built it in a way where they told it well. So Same with Doctor Who. So, so one, I mean, not, I don't mean on, like, a story level. I mean, like, in general, like, if, if you invent a time machine, don't do it. Don't do it, bro. <laughs> Just stop. Don't do it. Oh, Yeah. Stop. Me. We don't. We I don't want to find out what happens in the real world if time travel. I'm gonna go back in time and trademark game theory. <laughs> <laughs> he can't have it. Can't it's have mine. It. Oh. You come back and he's got a much cooler name and is much more popular. Yeah, it's something like, like even more creator clashes. Yeah, like he's it's, even more popular it, and he's it's, he's like real buff now. And it's like gamer hypothesis. <laughs> gamer, gamer hypothesis. hypothesis. And it's just like a super buff Matt Pat. It's like, oh fuck, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? His name is Chad Pat now. Do you now? think like Chad Pat? Oh Chad Jesus! All right. Do you think that like, assuming the multiverse exists, that means there's multiverse versions of us? Yo, I wonder what they're like. I like do I get cool ones like Spider Man? Like, like, is there cool ones like 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 Spider Man has like? Is there a version of me that's like No, there the cool. only the only <laughs> cool alternate universe version of us is where instead of a po- podcast named Government Lovebot, we are actually a part of the Government Lovebot, the worldwide government. A Lovebot. terrorist set. Oh, oh, oh my god. No, 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 no stop. No. Cult. Dude, it's a multiverse. We can do we can be whatever we want. But that's not Even something bad I want. Things. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. I never said it was something I want. I just said we could be anything. I never said it was something good. Okay, moving on. Listen, if we're part of the government, we're we're the closest things we can get to legal terrorists. All right. 
Listen, uh, if the government's Why listening, I have no involvement with him. I don't. I don't know who he is. <laughs> I don't condone anything he says or does. Listen, if the government wants to take me out, they'd be doing me a favor. It would be a much greater punishment if they let me live. <laughs> I I think there are a few morals from this topic. Um, couple uh, two actually about the topic. Um, time travel is hard. It's not necessarily bad, but if you're gonna do it, you should really figure out your established rules, and instead of trying to then worm your way around or outside of them, strive to stick not only within your established rules, but far within them. Because time travel, when when used as like, stay, stay far within, within the bubble. Because time travel as a, as a literary device has ways of getting out of hand when you're when you're trying to to stick with it but if you do it well it can be one of the most fascinating fascinating parts of a story conversely if you're gonna have time travel in your stories your story should be good too like this this, i don't know if this is rude to say but like time travel is already hard enough without having a story that's already all over the place you can get away with having slightly looser or more confusing time travel, like Legend of Zelda or like Back to the Future. As long as the story is there and engaging and makes people want to suspend their disbelief. Really, really important. Other moral is, um, in an alternate universe, Tyler is a terrorist. However, in another alternate universe, he works for the worldwide government of... Uh, running around in a government love bot. I like how you're looking in, a, in another multiverse just Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> but like but like that's a but that's a serious thing to po- to to pose. Not like obviously I'm joking but the whole fucking terrorist. Yeah, thing, I know, obviously. I know. Had to but like, the theoretically there is another version of this world where we are all incredibly bad people because that's kind of how the multiverse works. Like, take, for instance, Batman. Like, Batman is obviously a fucking hero, but there are alternate universes where he is a fucking mass murderer. Always, like, even in the world, he's a hero. There's he's evil like versions of us out there. Away from it, though. There's evil versions of us out there, and we can fight them for fun. I need an alternate universe gladiatorial combat arena where people go and fight themselves. Holy shit. Okay, okay I'm down, but I have to fight Matt. Yeah, we have to get Tyler into creator class before he'll go to the to the yeah, multiverse. Matt Pat's my warm up so that I can fight evil versions of myself. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm a lover, not a fighter. Can I have? Can I instead of like a gladiatory arena? Can I just like? Can I just like do therapy for alternate multiverse versions of myself? That is not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say, can you fuck yourself? I really did. I mean, I, I get told to go fuck myself a lot. So, like, I you know, that's not beyond the limits here. But, like, like honestly, those, okay. like those therapy would be a bigger help. Memes. Would you fuck okay. me? So, i fuck me. So, so let's, let's raise a real question here. Serious question. Since we're talking about multiverse and timelines, right? This is, I'm, de- I'm being dead serious when I ask this question, right? So say that there's an alternate universe in which you are a woman and you meet that version of yourself that's a woman and you fall and you fall in love for them with them is that wrong 
No. I, I, I'm just gonna repeat what I said. It's like the 2015 memes. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Well, that's. I mean, isn't that just a line from fucking uh, yes. Silence of the Lambs? Yes, it is. But like, that's a solid question because it does come up in the show Loki. He falls for an altered version of himself. So, like, if there was a female version of yourself, I guess in these case, if there was just another version of yourself, in general, it could be any sort of version, um, if, and, and you fell for them. Like, I'm not saying, like, would you want to date them specifically? Because let, let's just say you did, like, you fell for them. Is that wrong? I don't. Or is that okay? I don't think it's wrong. I mean, it's, it's just you. Like, like is it, like, is it... I, wrong is in like morally it's not good no i don't i don't think that that's a problem is it wrong in that like you're probably a little fucked up in the head for it yeah maybe i yeah but what if the alternate version of me is hot exactly An alternate... Go ahead. what if know. what if alternate universe me is a baddie an alternate <laughs> universe where i'm hot like it's you know it's yeah yes <laughs> God, just imagine like that scenario. Like, I'm just, Tyler walks into a room with two alternate versions of himself. One is a hot woman, the other is a terrorist. <laughs> Jesus Christ! With that, thank you everybody for listening to Government Love Bot. I have been Nick. I've been D. And I've been Tyler. <laughs> thank you for listening. Good night. Don't forget polish government love pots. Bye. Your days are numbered, Matt. I'm coming for you. We love you, everybody, including you, Matt Pat. Yeah, we do love you, but your days are also numbered. Okay. All right. Bye. Goodbye. All right. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Tyler, you still there? Yeah. Uh, Blue, Blue Bloods and NCIS are both on Ion, by the way. Hey there, love botters. Before you go, take a moment to consider checking out the poll we have up for this episode. We're trying to figure out how we want to uh, go about our episodes and how long we want them to be, and we'd really appreciate your help with that. Thanks. Don't forget to polish your government love bots, everyone.